Worried you'll need to babysit your robot vacuum? Think again. Meet Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum with AI-powered navigation to recognize and avoid over 100 objects. It's the winner of five Best of CES awards. And Digital Trends says it boasts almost all the same features as robot vacuums that cost twice as much. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com. That's E-U-F-Y.com. And discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Goalie Science, the podcast that bridges the gap between goal setting, science, and peak performance. I'm your host, Jamie Phillips, a former professional goalie, currently pursuing a doctorate in physical therapy and specializing in goalie performance coaching. Joining me as always is Dr. Ben Cernick, a seasoned goalie coach and sports analytics specialist. Whether you find yourself at home, on the road, or at the rink, grab a cup of your favorite beverage and let's drop the puck on this week's episode. Jamie, have did you know the uh, the podcast "If Books Could Kill"? Have you listened to that one? No, uh, you know I, the thing is, is I love podcasts. We have a podcast, pretty cool. Thanks for listening. There are so many podcasts that if I could listen to all the ones I want to listen to, I would actually never get anything done. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyways, the point of this was uh, free plug to them. They don't need our plug for doing better than we are. Um, they always start every episode with so and so what do you know about this? And like, that's their hook, line, and sinker. And I'm going to start asking you stuff like that, Jamie. Jamie, what do you know about rebound control? I know that is a result of positioning and tracking and not a result of a manual or a cognitive, cognitive effort to put the rebound in the corner. In fact, I've had three goalies in the last week give up a goal on that same situation, both in games and practice, because they're trying to put the rebound in the corner so hard that they actually put it in their own net. Yeah. The old and then break, really it, in your own net play. It breaks my heart. Or this is a new one. Uh, it's turned so early that you open up your five hole and they shoot five hole. I scored a goal down the goalie last week. Did I put both my hands in the air um, against a child? Yeah, I did. I, I love celebrated that goal. I love, I love scoring goals. <laughs> 
But anyways, yes. I mean, we're not that about rebound. No. We are not. What are we talking about? We're talking about, well, we're talking about things that we think goalies are some common mistakes goalies are making in games. So last week we talked about practice. Mm-hmm. We said, here's some things that, you know, we can improve on practice. How do we be better in practice, et cetera, et cetera. But this week we wanted to, to, to take a, a small turn here and, and bring it into games, which is largely what people probably care more about. Yes. But a, definitely an approach to some common mistakes that goalies make. And I want to caveat this. This is goalies of all ages and all levels. I think the things we're going to talk about today are not designed just for younger goalies, not designed for junior or college goalies, but for everyone. I think everyone deals with these decisions and these plays. And so I think everyone can do some learning today. Yeah, these are pretty universal pretty universal concepts. And if something's not, we'll, we'll definitely clarify that. But um, you know what? I'll go first. Body language. Bad body language. Oh, there are so many goalies with such bad body language. That just drives me absolutely crazy. Um, the best way to explain it to my goalies, and I'll explain it to you, to listening or watching, is that we, whether you want to admit it or not, goalies are the most important position on the ice, and the team feeds off of us. Uh, we have more of an influence over what goes on the bench than we think. Everyone looks towards the goalie to see how they're handling different situations. And if things are getting derailed for the goalie, things are going to get derailed on the bench. If the goalie shows frustration, there is going to be frustration on the bench. If the goalie is calm, people see, the players see that, and that resonates. And there's, there is a sense of calmness on the area in the bench, even after a goal in these things. Also, players don't like when the goalie gets angry or swears, or smashes their sticks, or blames their players, which I see a ton of, which is just like the worst thing you can do is to actually like yell at your players. Uh, tell you what, nothing convinces a player to not block a shot more than when they get yelled at by a goalie. So bad body language is just a big one. And it's it starts, I see kids so young to, to top level guys that do it. And I'm more of the mind that you just, you control your emotions, you play steady and you play with control and, you know, the team is going to feed off that. And that also comes from like, you have to like learn that in practice. And there's a big like carryover towards like your body language in practice. But the first step is actually to have someone point it out uh, or to watch yourself back. And then you'll be like, Ooh. Ooh, my body language was not good because a lot of times we don't notice if it is bad or not. Yeah, that's totally fair. I was always like, a, I was like definitely guilty of when I was younger or not, maybe not guilty, but I just showed nothing. Like whether my team scored, whether I got scored on, it was just the same thing, like same routine, skewed to the same corner. That's the carrot price. I've ever goalies. Yeah, well, gotta play calm, bud. That's gotta play calm, like still bleeding into goal. Yeah, which yeah, which I, I, I was like that as well. Um, actually, one of the things that I like, I look back now and it makes me smile, is that most of the teams I played on, the defensemen were like, Jamie, we love when you yell, nice block. And I'd always be like dialed in. Like, I was so engaged. Like, guy makes a nice block. It's like, nice block, nice block. And like, just that helped keep me into it. And I know that the defensemen and the forwards really appreciated that. Um yeah, I'm trying to think of body language. Um, I think if there was anything that I did that I would look back, it would be like, I probably like rolled my eyes too much, but I don't think like 
people could really see that it more be like a rolling my eyes at like oh come on like what are you doing yeah the extended stare at the player in front of you who made a mistake is not a good look we all see it <laughs> oh, yeah. the defenseman who get the defenseman who gets walked and gets scored on and then you're just staring at the defenseman yeah we yeah, like that i mean that's what everyone else sees it but you yeah yeah this is going to be a bit of a, of a weird flip one jamie but how did you feel about like the either situation where like whether you let in a goal that was entirely like out of your control triple back door three on out or a bad goal that you let in and the people come over to give you a little stick tap because i hated that i hated anyone like oh it's okay to me in any capacity during a game and you know what i never really thought much about that i kind of just played it the same way like if i gave up an awful goal like i knew it was on me and it, it'd be like and I, i'd more be like yeah yeah, that one's on me. Like, I got this. If I gave up back, like a crazy backdoor tip, I, it would just be like, well, that is what it is. Uh, I never, never really That's like, goal. I never really got upset because ultimately a goal is a goal. Whether you look, whether it's a dump in from the other of the ice in Alabama Huntsville or it's, you know, a 3 on 0, there you give up. <laughs> I'm not saying I did give up a goal for the other and the other behind the other line, <laughs> but if I did, it counts as equal as a 3 on 0. Um, yeah, also, yeah, Oakland, I, 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 yeah, turns out, yeah, and it, that was instilled by a good friend of the podcast, Eric Bujan, really early in terms of he yelled at me a lot if my body language was loud, so I learned to not have bad body language. Was, was it yelling the strongly worded constructive criticism? You know what? I, I'm gonna go on a limb here and I'm gonna say it there needs to be a little bit more yelling sometimes. <laughs> There, it's sometimes it's okay I don't to yell. yell. I actually don't yell at all. My voice gets loud. I don't yell. But I don't yell. But I think back and I'm like, I I was actually glad that I was yelled at sometimes. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a balancing act. <laughs> uh, speaking of close personal friend, Derek Bujan, this is my my first goalie bugaboo or mistake. I think goalies are making a lot at a lot of levels is inspired by by Derek, and it's how goalies. Uh, deal with players as they approach from the other end of the ice. So as the play moves towards your end of the ice, I find one common thing goalies are doing a lot lately is either one, they're getting off their goal line really late. Like mm -hmm. really, really, really late. Um, and I, I don't... I think my mic just died. That's right. No, you're good. You're good. Sounds fine. Okay. Oh, all right. All right. All right. Um, anyway, so this, is what how, this is what happens that we don't have... This is what happens when we don't have podcast oh, no. sponsors. Oh, God. Your, your mic sounds that. good, man. Okay. Well, anyways, I was saying, um, it's always a problem when people come down the ice and, and goalies get off the ice too late. So they're coming off their goal line too late. Uh, and so by the time they're finally stopping and getting ready to retreat, the play is already entering their zone and they're not even set yet, right? Mm -hmm. Or they're not able to adapt. I find that's a big thing that goalies need to be getting off their goal line a little bit earlier. Now, on the exact opposite of that, there's still sometimes I see where goalies are just floating out side of their goal line when the play is in the other end, and you shouldn't be doing that. Uh, please don't. Like you should, you should probably wait in your goal line if the puck's in the other end of the ice. Um, I think goalies being out of their crease, floating around, it leads to you not being in the right position, not being on your angle to start the play. It doesn't matter how spatially aware you are. It's disadvantageous to start anywhere else but from your goal line in the middle of your net. 
when the plays enter your zone. James, yes. thoughts? I agree. No, I agree. And I we talked about this on a, on a different episode with Bouge, the in-person episode we talked about, where that's the first thing he works on with his goalies. And yes, having a it's ultimately it comes down to having a plan and understanding your game and your systems and the structure. Um, that is a good thing to work on with a coach. I, I really only work on it if I notice it's a problem. Um, I, I like, unlike Bouge, Bouge works on it right away, which is probably a good idea because you can dip anything in the bud, uh, if it comes to an issue. But for me, it's like, if I notice it, I'll, t- I, I'll t- do something about it, but I agree hundred percent. It's just, I'm not unknowing when do you need to step off your goal line? And I think more times than less goalies step off too late than stepping up mm-hmm. too early. Yeah, and so, I mean, if people are wondering, okay, like, what's the the magic time to start stepping out? It's going to depend on the level uh, that people are playing at. It depends on how good of a skater you are, how good of a skater the play is, other people to puck are. So there's a lot of moving variables, but a, a good frame of reference that I, that I like is, like, you should be hitting kind of the top of your crease as they hit the red line, right? So the should Yes, I, I like that, out. yeah. Because I, I want there to yeah. be a little retreat by the time they're getting to the blue line. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And there should be, you should, there should be a, again, and, and, you know, you and Derek talked about the recoil. We talked about recoil on a, a while ago last season with, with Allmark's big success in it. But a little bit of retreat as the puck moves towards you is good because as you're farther out of your net, as the play's farther away, you don't really want to be flat footed. It's hard to keep push across your net uh, if you're flat footed. Even if you're a really great skater, it's easier to have a little bit of a very small amount of back momentum to allow your body to kind of open up into that. So, yeah, I don't mean it's too complicated of a topic, but definitely worthwhile to consider, you know, make sure you're starting on your goal line. Make sure you're actually in the middle of your net. I know this is simple as it's going to sound for some people, but then make, also make sure you're stepping out at the right time. There's nothing worse than the goalie who, especially at older levels, steps out too late. Puck gets dumped in. They're not set. They miss the soft dump in. We talked a couple weeks ago about what's the primary job of playing the puck as a goalie, which is stopping the puck, leaving it, and getting your butt back in the net. That's Nothing actually an absolutely unbelievable transition because that sets me right up into my next pet peeve in terms of what goalies do the game. And that wasn't even, we didn't even play on that. It's goalies who nonchalantly go try to go out to play the puck, miss it, and then kind of like shrug their shoulders and go back in the net. Just don't go and play that. <laughs> if you're not going to try to stop the puck, just don't play it. Like I, I, I don't like, don't have a, a fake, like, I, like, I don't want to say half, half, you know, what answer or, you know, effort into <laughs> playing the puck. Just, just look, it's not hard to, to double T push back. And you know what? At least double T push hard. And if you miss it, you miss it. But just to like go out and just ooh, do a little skate that just bothers me because it shows one, you weren't ready for the dump. Or two, you don't really care that much about trying to stop the puck. And then it's like, well, that's, you know, that's, it is a part. It's not the most important part of a game, but it is a part. And I think that if there's like a lack of effort in certain areas, there will be carryover into a lack of effort in other areas. Yeah. Again, like I, we talked about this at length with the puck handling episode, right? But I think you have to be really intentful with how you, anytime you leave the net, you need to be intentful, right? And so, like you said, if you're if it's not a play you feel confident on, or not a play you think you're gonna make, uh, stay at point to the other side with your glove, say yours, 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 a bunch of your D, and then hope they don't get crushed in the corner. 
uh yeah yeah like but a lot of the time yeah go ahead uh you know i just realized is that you can tell that you are in the thick of it with school in terms of finishing up your thesis and i am in the thick of it with clinicals and work because today would have been a perfect day for a preseason recap since the nhl season starts tomorrow and we didn't even do that uh matt murray got double hip surgery that's your nhl recap for the day yeah you know what next episode we'll have uh maybe that's the <laughs> next episode when the season's already a week in Connor Hallibuck signed an $8.75 million seven-year extension. That's talking goaltending. Might have been 8.5, yeah. somewhere, one of those two numbers. Yeah, it doesn't upset me at all that we were drafted in the same draft year, and I'm living in a... Talking to me? I'm a great person to talk to. In a seven-bedroom house with seven other people. <laughs> Jamie, a lot of people are saying that uh, the Jets in that draft drafted two goalies who play literally the exact same way. How do you feel with that? That would make sense. We do play a similar way. He was just way better than me at it. A lot better at stopping the puck, but same style. Yeah, similar style. Definitely a similar style. Um, all right, Ben, what's your next pet peeve? Uh, this is less so, a, less so a pet peeve and more just something that I think uh, goalies can be mindful of and something that they need to understand. Uh, Jamie, you had a, a little, couple good Instagram stories talking about box control uh, the other day. And this isn't a discussion for box control, which again is just a glorified like, are you understanding how big the net is relative to where you're standing in the net, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, that is box control summarized in a very short box way. control. Yeah, is so one that and stop making trying to make safe sideways because more work. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, stop making safe sideways. Don't slide on bad angle shots. That one drives me insane. Uh, but the, my big thing that I think goalies need to realize is. Anytime the puck moves from their midline, right? So anytime the puck moves from the center of the ice off to the side of the angle, you need to make a lot smaller steps than you think, especially when a player is carrying the puck. This is not a pass, but when, especially when a player deviates from the middle. So they're coming in the middle, they pick a side left, right? And then they also are moving towards you. You don't need to move that much. One really big shuffle opens up the far side and now it's a shot into the net. Right. And that's a yeah. really, really common mistake I see at every level is your first step off as a player moves from the midline needs to be really, really, really small. Right. Especially at a distance. And Jamie, we did a little bit of math stuff last year on this. Right. But as a player enters the your own zone, if they move five feet, you need to move like four inches. Like it's such a small amount, uh, especially as that puck is far away. And I think goalies don't quite realize that, and they sometimes take that really big first step, and I think that sets you up for a goal more often than not. We see it in the NHL all the time. I notice this more when the puck's coming from the like low to high because now the net's moving at like now the net's so small, and yes, it's getting larger, but that initial like basically from the goal line to almost the top of the circle, you don't have to move. You need to step off the post, yeah, but you actually don't have to move or shuffle at all laterally. And that's where a lot of goalies make that mistake. Um, and so I do a lot of drills to work on that. And then that's why I do love having that uh, delay video app because I can show them back and be like, look how much you're moving. You don't actually have to move. And then it's like, oh, okay, you're right. Like, I really don't have to move. So yes, I agree on that one and i that actually is one i didn't uh didn't think of so 
good on you. Yeah, it's not it's not like a again, like I said, it's not a pet peeve. I think it's a really hard thing. I think uh spatial awareness in the net. And I know this is something that gets discussed a lot with goalie coaches about whether you can really teach that, whether it's a like learned environment feel. I think you can definitely provide the environment for the goalies to learn in, right? right? Like we've talked about before, if a goalie comes across on a drill or you're doing a movement drill and they step off their angle too early, just stop the drill. Just stop it right there. Don't allow that pattern to, to be reinforced. Uh, that's something that I do a lot with my coaching is if someone misses their angle on a movement drill, I just drills over, restart. And it's not because, again, like it's not like I'm not upset. It's just like I just, I can't have that be the standard. Can't have you missing your angles. So that stuff's going to just lend itself into the game, right? The, the goalie coaching environment is the most controlled environment that a goalie gets, right? If we go from most controlled to least controlled, it's goalie co- session, practice game, right? So if you're making those mistakes positional-wise... Mm-hmm. Sometimes I even, put, I even put game as more controlled than practice sometimes. <laughs> depending <laughs> on your practice. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a, <laughs> that's a separate discussion, but ultimately right like if you can't the you know if the, the least complicated situation if you're still struggling yeah. that, that's okay it's a it's a really hard thing nhl goalies make this mistake i cannot emphasize all the time um jamie and i will post pictures of nhl goals getting scored on off their angles daily if we wanted to really um in the nhl this season because it happens pretty much every day so it's yeah i i, I post right? yeah i post i post those video or pictures of nhl goalies getting scored on all the time just because i'm usually breaking it down with my goalies um and really I just want to show like this is what's happening and also like NHL goalies make these mistakes too so if we have and that's actually this is a pet peeve that's not even related to our topic but it's when people when people typically internet people think that (laughs) we as coaches or I guess myself specifically I'll speak for myself are like ripping on NHL guys when we like show clips where they're giving up goals it's like I I, I don't care. I have no skin in the game. Um, I just have access to a ton of HD video at multiple different angles with the best players in the world. Yeah, I'm gonna, like, what do you want me to do? Like, no, I don't have access to your JV high school game where you gave up goals where kids well, like, I, what do you want? Like, I can't break down these games. Be nice. <laughs> I don't have, I don't have access to those keys. And if I do, it's a live barn feed and I can't see what's going on. And so it's like, if you're like, oh, yeah, well, you think you're so good because why didn't you play in the NHL? Like, hey, man, like, we're talking about your club. Matt Murray being off his angle. Yeah. Like, that's it. Like, I, like what's, and, what's going on? Why are you so angry? I mean, I love that too. And, and we use, I use NHL clips uh, in our camps, or especially when we're with our younger kids. Like, camps, again, primarily do skew a little bit younger. And it's always funny. Uh, you know, day two or three kids start, you start showing up NHL video goalies making mistakes. And they're like, this goalie sucks. And I'm like, this goalie is so good. And they also yeah, make I know. And both yeah, can be you, true, right? You can, you can be good and also make mistakes. Um, all right, but back on topic. I don't know. I'm trying to think. I, I'm, I don't know if I have any major pet peeves for what goalies do in the game uh, left. Do you have any? Man? This wasn't even supposed to be a pet peeve. This was supposed to be helpful. Why are you so negative? This is supposed to be positive. Okay. Um, <laughs> I you know I do like when goalies put a water bottle in their net because that just tells me. Oh, I don't. Really? Why? Because there's nothing worse than getting your water bottle popped. 
Yeah, I know, <laughs> but I also like sometimes I've had younger goalies in the game like say like they need to go to the bench to get water because they're just so thirsty and like just oh put a put a ball on, on the bench. You yeah, I mean I get that one personal preference. Yeah, yeah, it's brutal, I, preference. I just like when people plan ahead. Um, yeah, I don't really have any other things that I I would like goalies to change when it comes to to games. Those are my those are my big ones, really, and I think we t- hit all mine in the head. What about you? Well, this is why one of us comes prepared, and ultimately why you should all subscribe to Jamie's Patreon because then you can get more of my informed takes helping Jamie's newsletter every week. Also, sign up for Jamie's newsletter while you're here. Oh yeah, we haven't. T- we're gonna talk about that at the end. Uh, you'll talk about the newsletter at the end. Sorry, continue. Yeah, we'll put a pull a tab now, and we'll come back to it. Uh, one of the big things I think goalies can improve on is their mentality after a goal. So let me walk you through this one. Um, again, neither myself nor Jamie. We are I thought that was the body language. Coaches. Oh, yeah, whatever. No, 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 no. <laughs> let me tell you. It's not body language. Uh, but it's a, it's, it's a mental approach thing. And so I'm still in this one um, from a sports psychologist. Like I said, myself and Jamie, not sports psychologists, not mental performance coaches. So this is not supposed to be that kind of advice, but it is. Also, stop, also stop asking us. Stop asking us. Uh, I will just refer you to someone else. <laughs> uh, yeah, same. But one thing that happens all the time is, so I really, really hate the advice of, I'll oh, just forget about that one. I, I hate that. Um, goalies, I think, especially as we get to the higher levels, uh, and I know you and I could both do this for a while, and you obviously played a much higher level than me, and I know all other goalies we played do the same thing. But for a little while, I could tell you every single goal I gave up for about five years. Every single goal out happened of every game I played in, right? Because we're obsessive and we were perfectionists, and that's how you become successful uh, in a sport and in a position like goaltending, right? So I always really hated the advice, you know, oh, you just got to forget that one, put it in the past, just move on. And it's like, you're not going to do that, and that's okay. Right, that's okay to not move on, and that's okay to think about it. But it's how you then bring yourself back to the next moment, right? So my one piece of advice, and I've, I've been sharing this with some of my goalies recently, and I, I'm hoping they're finding it helpful. We'll see. Uh, we're kind of workshopping it, but I always say that you should treat every shot or every time you get set up with this with a similar mental approach. So for me, it was always I want to uh, make sure my eyes were down in the puck, so make sure my chin was down looking at the puck. And I want to make sure my hands were in front of me. Those are my two mental cues that I was going to be set for every shot, right? That's the same two things that I did. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I tell goalies that they should be working on, whether they make a save, whether they get scored on, that should be their next approach, right? It's not, you know, it's, if you let in a bad goal, it's not forget about the goal and move on. It's what are my two cues for my next shot, right? Because you're going to think about that goal mm-hmm. or if, whether it's a good goal or a bad goal. If you get beat backdoor on a power play, I want you thinking about that goal because there's some information that are learned about what that team's doing, right? If you let in a shot five hole on a two on one and you're unhappy with it, I want you also doing a little bit of thinking, you know, was my, were my feet too wide? Did I get flat? What happened there? What led to that goal? So it's okay to not let that, it's okay to ruminate a little bit, but you still need to be able to focus in on that next play. And so my advice or my, what I want to see goalies doing more is finding their own cues, their own focus points for when they're in the game, uh, whether they get scored on, whether they have a shadow ball, right? Each shot, you should have a, a similar mental approach, similar approach that you're taking to get yourself ready for the game. What do you think, Jamie? I agree. Um, I definitely agree. This is one that I would say reach out to a mental coach or a sports psych. 
they will help you figure out what those anchors are that are best for you. Um, we can only talk about things that we did. Uh, I, I definitely am not in a position to prescribe anything in that sense. So I would say reach out to some sort of professional. If you need references, you can always shoot me a message. I'll point you in the right direction. But I agree that having a plan for when things, when you give up a goal, because you're going to give up a goal, you're going to actually give up a lot of goals. Having a plan for what you do after is going to be, is going to help kind of, you know, prevent the floodgates from opening. And that ultimately is the goal is we're going to give up. We're going to give up one. Okay. What happens next? What's your plan? Because we can't stop everything. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what all it just comes down to. And again, obviously we're maybe not the best people to game plan, but I also don't think this is like a super, I don't think we're really getting into the the full mental performance out yeah. of things here. I think it's just having a plan to focus in there, but I, I do have one more, Jimmy, maybe we'll do okay. one more and then we'll kind of tie things up a, a shorter one this week. But one thing I think that I'm seeing a lot of goalies struggle with recently is how they're playing odd man rushes. Uh, and so what I mean by that, I'll, I'll get to it. Bear with me here, but I've been seeing a lot of goals happen off the shot on odd man rushes. Goalies turning a little bit early, anticipating that pass a little bit too much. Um, yeah. And I see you getting excited to jump. Yeah, because that but, actually... As but I'm going to give it over to you. So go ahead. No, no. I was just say, as you said that, that reminded me of a, a thing that has been definitely frustrating is yes, goalies, when the play is approaching, whether it's, yeah, typically an odd man rush, or even if it's like a three-on-three rush in, goalies are not staying square as they move mm-hmm. through, move with the play. It's like turning, I call it the shimmy shake or the Shakira hips, where they lead with their yeah. butt and they lead with the hip and then they're off angle and then it's all this movement. And actually, shameless plug, but if you are on my Patreon this week, you will get a video breaking down this exact same topic because it's been a pet peeve for one of my goalies I've been working with. And it talks about the importance of being square and it really it comes down, in, in my mind, it comes down to not like a laziness thing, but it comes down to a desire. Are you making the choice to be more square or are you making the choice to try and kind of like laissez-faire through the zone? And I do find a lot of always get burned because of this because when a play happens or speeds up really quickly, you either get caught flat-footed or you're not, you're behind the play and you're not able to make that adjustment to fully get square and you end up giving up goals. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that one up because I didn't initially think of that, but that is definitely my, actually probably my, my biggest bugaboo at this moment because I've been working out with some goalies. Yeah, I think, and it's it's hard. Look, uh, when your team is outnumbered on rush plays, it's undoubtedly scary. Uh, we just talked a little bit about having a mindset towards things. Something that I, I really believe in, and Jamie, I'd love to hear your opinion on this because we haven't talked about this, but, but my mindset that I try to deliver to goalies on these outnumbered situations is that your job, your positioning job, is you're responsible for the shot and you're responsible for giving yourself a chance. On the yeah, pass. yeah. I say yes. Yeah. I say the exact same thing. I usually say it's a ninety ten rule. Ninety uh, percent of your focus should be on the shot. One hundred percent of your positioning should be on the shot. But that ten percent of your mental kind of anticipation should be on being prepared to push for a pass. Yeah, and I think one of the things that I've noticed a little bit on this specific play is goalies that are opening up early for the pass aren't timing their retreat as well as they could. And so I think it's a positioning thing that's bleeding into another positioning thing, right? Where it's like, okay, so now I've gotten a, maybe not a, as much of a retreat. Maybe I'm a little bit too far out on this. So I start opening up because I know it's a big push. And then, you know, maybe they make a movement, take a shot short side. 
right? I think that all comes down to ensuring that you feel confident in your timing on that two-on-one. And especially if you're holding your feet long enough and that pass is really tight, if that pass does go back door uh, on a tight, like you should be pretty close to your goal line probably anyways by the time that pass comes, right? Mm -hmm. So that's just a small pivot anyway. You don't really need to pivot early. The deeper you are, the smaller your pivot. I have one. I have actually, I agree. I'm going to sub, I agree, but this popped in my head. I want to know your opinion. What are your thoughts on goalies pulling themselves? (laughs) <laughs> can I tell a story? <laughs> yes, absolutely. You can. Actually, I, I um, you tell one, and then I gotta tell one that's actually hilarious, and then I need to know your actual thoughts on it. Okay. Well, I'll do tell a story first. I told this one a whole bunch uh, when I was playing at Ontario Tech. Uh, it was pretty early in the season, and we had just had a bit of a coaching switch, and so uh, our our head coach wasn't on the bench, or the coach that knew me best was on the bench and, and we're playing a game and you know those situations where like for whatever three minutes stretch your team just forgets to play hockey and just like three goals or four goals happen so quick and you don't even know what happened are you familiar with those jamie all the time all the time uh yeah so so that happens we're, we're at a road game and like it's one nothing going the second period really good game competitive and then i blink and it's four nothing at like five minutes into the second period. Nothing's and worse. It was like maybe game th- game three of the regular season, and I'm on the bench. And I'm like, uh oh, <laughs> you know, your the the backup goalie senses are tingling when three go in really quick. And I kind of look over to the coach, and he just gives me a small head shake, and it's like, okay, they're gonna let this guy ride this one out. He's gonna come through on the other side. And you know when you get the head shake from the coach, gloves come back off. <laughs> You're like, all right, we're we're coasting, we're coasting here for the rest of the game turn the brain off a little bit and for anyone who says that a backup goalie needs to be like focused the entire time please if you haven't tried to sit for a three-hour game i'll say that yeah it's it's exhausting you're sitting you're physically sitting down you cannot move there's no space to go you're sitting on a bench like how are you anticipating anyways sorry side note but anyways we get through that second period and we get out of the second period and it's like five nothing or five one and in my head i'm like all right this one's over. And then this is like, a, this is a f- for sure something that was like dumb of me at the time. Uh, so hand out my fault. But it was a, at a rink where our bench was across the, across the ice from from the dressing room. And I just like skated off with like my gloves in the penalty box, like in the bench area. And then have with me, I was like, oh, I'm not playing. Just leave him over there. Coach comes in, he goes, other goalie pulled himself, hey, you're in. <laughs> like I found out as the Zamboni was off, we're walking out. So I had to like run around. I was like, I need to get someone to go run around and get my gloves and my stick, um, which was brutal. But it's like, I found out that I was going into the third period as we were walking uh, to the ice. Oh gosh. And so that was, and th- that was my first, uh, my first ever minutes in a Canadian university game was hey. third period with a goalie, with a goalie self pull. They don't know like, how oh, they ask you how many, they, man. Yeah, uh, I didn't play great. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> I, but that's, my, anyways. So I have a lot of opinions about that. Go ahead. Yes. So my story was I was coaching a like sleepaway hockey camp, and like this is for fall. This isn't a goalies camp. This isn't an elite camp by any means. And kids skate three times a day, and in the afternoons, the final skate, it's a scrimmage. It's just a big scrimmage, and these kids, this is an older group, so it probably would have been like. 13 to 16 ish age 
uh, older goalie, not playing well, tried to pull himself in a in a summer camp. <laughs> And he skated to the bench, and I'm and I'm just like standing there because I'm, I'm I'm the head coach of this team. Where head coach means literally, I just roll three lines and I stand there and don't say anything. Um, and he, I'm like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "I'm done." Like, what do you mean? What do you mean you're done? He's like, "I'm pulling myself." You're not. And I was like, "This is a summer camp. Get back in the net." So I made him go back in the net. I, yeah, I was like, no, no, like, no, 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 no. But uh, my actual thoughts on this, um, I, I have mixed opinions when it comes to the game. I do think you know yourself best. If you know you are really struggling and things aren't right, then yes, you, you can pull yourself. But I also truly believe that there is value in the struggle and there's value on putting yourself through that you, whether you're playing well or you're not playing well, trying to find ways to kind of play, continue your system, continue your structure when everything's hitting the fan and nothing is going right. And I do think that there's a lot of value in that. So I, I'll say it's on a case-by-case basis. If you are really out of it and you're like, I'm done and you're truly going to hurt your team, I, I could say that's okay. But remember, there are going to be some serious repercussions of doing that in terms of especially with your teammates losing confidence and your coach losing confidence in you. And I think from a head coach, just knowing head coaches and how they think, they like when a goalie is willing to grind it out even when things are not going their way. Yeah. Um, it's not fun when it happens near the back of the Oh, it's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. Um, I, I've asked, I, I have asked, the head coach when I was in the coast we uh we were playing a game in Kansas City and the other goalie ended up giving up 10 he actually quit hockey altogether after this game um or after this weekend so this was like a Friday and he quit on the Sunday and he was just left out to dry and the coaching staff uh, was actually just yelling at him about how bad he was from the bench uh, crazy wow. to like think about. And I actually asked the coach, I was like, can I just go in? And the coach told me no. Uh, and there was a point wow. where I was considering hopping over the bench and going in. And I don't think I've ever told this story before. I've never heard this one either. No, I've, no, I've never, I've never told the story. Uh, it just popped in my head. Like I just completely wow. forgot about it. Crazy. Yeah. He, he had an NHL deal the year before. Uh, obviously things didn't go the way he wanted to, but he ended up quitting hockey altogether two days later. That is not, I'm going to, I'm going to make it a little bit wider. Uh, Jamie, have you ever, this is a little last, this is totally opinion. Have you ever uh, played in a team where they tried to change goalies on the fly during a play? You ever done that before? Uh, yes. In like minor hockey, actually, maybe even possibly in junior once. Uh, I did it. I, I, we tried to do it in U19. Yeah. Why? Like, yeah. Like, why anyone thinks? Well, you know what? Either it becomes a thing or it doesn't. Because it's hilarious. There's no it's hilarious. Either it should never happen or it should actually always happen. It was. Uh, it was. It was again at the time. Um, I've mentioned this before, but I was fortunate enough to play in like a really good U19 team. We won like 25 games in a row or something to start a season. But we were up like seven nothing. Which this is probably like salt in a wound. Looking back on it, kind of mean to the other team. Uh, but the coach was like, hey. Uh, let's change. 
just go. We dumped the puck and just go. <laughs> I was like, you sure? He's like, uh, yeah. I'm like, you're going to you're gonna put me in charge of me getting to the net here. He's like, yeah, go for it. And then it's not. It's we not went, we went to do it. The other goalies skate in the. Yeah, it's not the goalie from the bench I'm worried about. It's the goalie the net that doesn't know what's going on. I'm worried about. Yeah, well, they were like they were like yelling at him to come to the bench, and then I was getting ready at the gate to to go. Oh, thankfully, thankfully the puck like went out of play or something. Like someone like flipped it over the glass or something. Um, but it was like looking back. Make any what, sense? Like it's a terror. Why you need to pull your goalie that bad that you can't wait till the next whistle? That would be funny, I think. And truthfully, it would have been. Um, would have been a lot less funny if we had gotten scored on though yeah that's crazy well at least we're ending so, it i mean two stories there on a brighter note uh oh. yeah so as the the token uh pessimistic nihilistic guy in the podcast uh sorry to break <laughs> down the vibe but that's actually a really like kind of serious story that i never i don't think i've ever told before um yeah, hockey. Anyways, it's always rainbows and stuff. Yeah, no, it's definitely not. But anyways, um, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Oh, we did mention uh, I do have a new a free newsletter. It's called EGM Weekly, and it contains a lot of things. It contains some highlights of the week, some cool saves. Ben's gonna start contributing, writing uh, a lot of stats stuff too once he's finished up his uh, dissertation. And I also use it as an avenue to vent. I'm not gonna lie, uh, I use it to kind of get a lot of things off kind of my my chest and my brain in terms of what I think yeah just good things and bad things about goaltending uh, you know the first first topic was um like I usually I'm not gonna lie I usually have some sort of clickbait title but it was the best advice I could ever give and uh I'm Ooh. not gonna it was actually good advice and I I do give this advice very regularly um probably not what you well you know it's probably not you to think uh go and read that because you can go read uh past additions uh, as well um, you can find that on my instagram um, along with all my other stuff um, thanks for listening like comment subscribe you know the jazz it does help our podcast uh, maybe one day we'll get a sponsor so we can have better mic microphones i don't know maybe well it actually just been mine can't what? get that much better i spent a lot of money on this well, come on bro. my mic's fine my mic's fine um jamie i'm going to leave you on one closing thought here and I don't want you to answer. Just going to be our closing thought for the week. Uh, is there such thing as a bad shot? And the answer, I think, is yes. So let the folks decide. Is there such thing as a bad shot? We always say there's no such thing as a bad shot. I disagree. I think there's lots of bad shots. I think people should stop taking them. It depends. That but for now. They, whatever. No, no, no. We're just going. All right. We'll talk to everyone next yeah, week. Yeah. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Until next. Until next time. Worried you'll need to babysit your robot vacuum? Think again. Meet Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum with AI-powered navigation to recognize and avoid over 100 objects. It's the winner of five Best of CES awards. And Digital Trend says it boasts almost all the same features as robot vacuums that cost twice as much. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com. That's E-U-F-Y.com. And discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799.